Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. I'm Liz Mitchell, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning radio broadcast in our 18th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show, committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. Good evening, I'm Gloria Howell. When running his race to be the first African-American sheriff of Monroe County, Ruben Marte vowed to bring transparency and accountability to the sheriff's office and the Monroe County Jail. That is why he recently released body cam footage of an inmate's attack and struggle with correctional officers when he refused to comply with their efforts to relocate him to another cell. Injuries were suffered by the inmate and one of the correctional officers. Upon learning of the incident, Sheriff Marte contacted the Monroe County prosecutor and the state police to conduct a criminal investigation. The sheriff's office also conducted an internal investigation. After a review, one of the correctional officers was terminated from his position. Although being sworn in as sheriff for just a little over a month, this is the second big news story related to the Monroe County Jail. In an unrelated matter, Sheriff Marte recently made a graphic and riveting presentation on the deplorable conditions of the Monroe County Jail to the Community Justice Reform Committee, which is comprised of three county commissioners, three county council members, two representatives from the Board of Judges, and one representative from the following offices, the Sheriff's Office, Public Defender's Office, and Prosecutor's Office. Citing the conditions of the jail, Sheriff Marte stated his department is not moving too fast in its approach, citing the urgent need to improve the current facility while also investing in a new one. Quoting him now, when I see something like that, that is throughout the jail, I cannot go slow. Marte further said, we have a recipe that can really take off in that jail if we give it some time. Joining us to shed more light upon these two major situations are Monroe County Sheriff Ruben Marte and Monroe County Counselor and co-member of the Community Justice Reform Committee, Jennifer Crossley. Sheriff Marte and Councilwoman Crossley, welcome to Bring It On. Yes, welcome. We're so happy to have you here to talk about this most important topic. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, and thank you for having me as well. Well, I'd, I'd like to start this off, if I may, Gloria. Um, a couple of things that I like, because I listened to um, you, you you're giving the talk with the commissioners, and I like that you um, want to hurry up and and get things done, because I felt that the conditions there were deplorable to a human being. And also, you refer to the inmates as people. And I think the general population in our community don't really think uh, of, of inmates as being people. So I, I wanted to say that I like that, first of all. Uh, 
Sheriff Marte, there are various groups I know of and had heard of here in our community that may or may not be supporting you. Do you have uh, various groups that that are supporting you and who are they? Um, <clears throat> I, I, have, I do have a strong uh, group uh, support. Um, to mention names is so many, I can't. I can't remember all of them, but I do have people that are supporting me. It's a strong portion. Um, for the ones that, that, you know, look at it from a different lens, I understand that. All I ask of them is if try to imagine either yourself or a loved one, someone that you love in that condition, how would you feel? You know, it, it, try to see from those lens, uh, instead of from the ones that you're seeing it right now, because God forbid, you know, Things could change, and uh, um, it doesn't really take that much effort to treat somebody the way you want to be treated, uh, regardless of the situation they find themselves into, into. That makes sense. Now, before you decided to run for mayor, or I'm sorry, for sheriff, did you do a walkthrough? <laughs> you, you run for mayor next, okay? Uh, <laughs> after Don Griffin. But did you do a walkthrough? Of the jail and the circumstances. And so before you decided to even run for this job, did you know the conditions? I, I took a tour um, and a lot of people say they took a tour. Uh, however, when I actually became the sheriff, I truly went and the circumstances why I did this. I, I truly went to each corner of that jail, each cell personally with my uh, executive staff, jail commander, assistant jail commander and the chief deputy uh, we have uh, we had an evidence tech take the photos for us. That was intentional. Uh, there are people that that have a, a strong opinion um, about the new jail and about the old jail, and but yet have not stepped foot in that jail or actually seen the actual tour or received the actual tour. So that's the reason why uh, videotaped or I'm sorry, uh, photographed uh, the true condition of that jail and, and showed it to the public. So people could understand why am I trying to move so fast? You know, when I, I was told and I, I was told you're moving way too fast. At one point I was told you're not even the sheriff yet and you're moving way too fast. Well, that might be the case. I wasn't sure at the time, but I was preparing because I knew it was coming and I knew what is at stake. Um, you have to, in that environment, you have to be constantly trying to improve. If you do not, that's the recipe for something negative to happen. And I'll use i use this as an example. Look what took place January 31st. And I'll go for a circle with that. You know, when you have people that are being treated a certain way, uh, living in a condition that is not humane, um, you know, that was happens. People are angry, people are upset, and you get to the point that you just blow up. Now, Mr. Ford, at one point, if I remember correctly, he said, look how you do us. And I think that's that's what he said. So that speaks volumes right there. So, yes, I'm moving fast. Yes, I'm trying to paint. Yes, I'm trying to clean. But I can't do it alone. I, I, I need the support of the commissioners to do this properly and to move quickly. Um, there are certain issues that were there before I got there. I get it. But let's fix it. But we got to fix it together. Thank you, Sheriff Marte. I want to, you talked about the, the commissioners. 
being on this committee and and we know that the committee is pretty diverse. So I want to go to Councilwoman Jennifer Crossley, um, who's also Woman of the Year. We just found out a couple days ago. So congratulations to her for being named Woman of the Year. Happy to celebrate that. Um, Jennifer, I want to ask, we talked about how or in the in introducing the show that uh, the CJRC, the Community Justice Reform Committee, which you serve on, um, it's pretty diverse in terms of who's serving. You have judges, commissioners, you have folks from the sheriff's office, um, yourself as a county councilwoman and your colleagues. Why is this important? And can you talk a little bit about the strategy behind that and maybe your experience um, serving on this committee, how you see your role um, in, in moving things and making things happen on this committee? Yeah, so thank you so much the well wishes i was excited um to receive the award or to be receiving the award so i'm i'm very much excited about that but yes it is definitely representation across the county is definitely important um because we all have roles or do i dare say lanes which was previously discussed in many meetings ago um we all have our roles and we all have our lanes but all of those roles and lanes can intersect um, I am no expert at all in law enforcement, so I appreciate Sheriff Marte um, and his administration being part of this. I believe it's important to have the county commissioners because they are the building, um, They, them being the executive body of the county, they're responsible for the building. So they're responsible for the contracts. Us on the county council side, we are the financial body of the county. And we fund those contracts that the commissioners have. And then it's also important to have, you know, public defenders, prosecutors, all because not all one mind should think the same. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, for a matter of opinions, some of us are, you know, aren't very diverse in our thinking, uh, if I dare to say. But it's important to have these bodies here at the the, the table and to be a part of the committee as well. Um, but I definitely think that we can do a lot better in terms of how we are using those bodies because you can still be a part of the table, but you can still be silenced. And some ways I do feel like certain aspects of the committee is being silent. I do wish that we would have uh, representation from the city. So whether it's city council members or um you know, Bloomington Police Department, somebody from the administration, we need to have somebody from the city to be a part of it because there has been talks of folks wanting to make sure that the facility, if we are to build a new facility, would remain in the city for transportation. So many different reasons. So, I, I, you know, the, all of those voices are definitely important. I wish we had a few more. Um, so, yes, I, I definitely think that is important. The strategy behind it, you know, I struggle with the strategy because this is not my partake. I am just on here. So I am the person that I'm just trying to use my little five foot voice um, by any means necessary. Um, but, you know, my role as county council, again, as I had said, is even though I am the one of the financial bodies of the county, I still think that it's important because as a black woman um, and 
really invested in how we are trying to change our way of thinking of our community members that are incarcerated or that might end up being incarcerated. We have to think differently of people. And as we talked about earlier uh, in this discussion is making sure that, you know, we refer to inmates as people, whether they are related or not. These are community members. These are somebody family members. These are loved ones that have gone astray. And it is up to us as a community to and a part of this community to hold light and hold accountable ways that we think of incarceration. Thank you. Thank you for that, Jennifer. Uh, there are 92 counties in the state of Indiana. So is it safe to assume there is an equal number of county jails within the state also? So if there's no money to make improvements to our own jail in Monroe County, how can the county commissioners justify ignoring jails within our state to make a trip across seven other states to visit Maricopa County Jail in Arizona. Can you answer that, uh, Jennifer? Yeah, so I I wish I, I could articulate that um, because I struggle with that myself. I struggle okay. at the fact that we decided to go out west to somewhere where their sheriff, who is long gone, um, had a culture of being very, very, very problematic. And in addition to them being problematic, it's bigger than Monroe County. So when we look at, you know, Maricopa County versus Monroe County, the population size is huge. So I'm thinking, are we thinking bigger? Are we thinking like with this new facility to come about, you know, are we thinking bigger? Because in my opinion, you know, do we fill it more with more people because we have this bigger space, you know, all of those things. So I do know that in future um, criminal justice response committee meetings that will be happening, we are supposed to hear a, a, a report from the commissioners to explain. Um, I do wish that, you know, one of our guiding principles is talking about transparency. Um, and I will say, and if they're listening to this and I'll say it, you know, in our meetings, this trip was not very transparent. And I don't feel as though this is something that we should have gone. Apparently there is ways, different ways that they incarcerate out in Maricopa County that they decided to go take a look at. I'm interested in hearing it. I don't think it was necessary, um, but I, I think we have to like look at things. We don't have to look so far. I don't, we know what we need to do. We just need to act upon it and do it. So do I think that trip is necessary? Absolutely not, because I think we know what we need to do. We just need to do it. Thank you. Thank you for answering that. For our listening audience, just tuning in, we're talking to Sheriff Ruben Marte and uh, Jennifer Crossley, uh, who is one of the commissioners. And uh, we're talking about the conditions of our uh, county jail and what we should or should not do. So for a follow-up question of that, um, after seeing the conditions of the jail, why do you feel people are against building a new facility? I don't understand that. Can Ruben, can you answer that? Um, I, I don't know. Um, 
my stance was, it still is that we could do both. Uh, if, if one, a new one is needed. I mean, I, that's, that's, that's for sure. But we could still clean and paint the old one until we get moving. You know, we can't continue to have people living under those conditions. You know, what, what happened on, on, on January 31st, man, I wish it really is a wake up call to people that, that we cannot allow those conditions in that environment to continue because that's the recipe that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see it from the lens of, of people that were arrested in place there, okay, that's fine. At least look at it from the lens that we have employees in there as well. Try to imagine that you're, you're placed in the position or in, in, in an environment that is just, just dirty. <clears throat> the walls. How did it get so bad? Well, I, I is we are we're there now, and I'm trying to reverse that. Right. When people talk about programs. How do you learn in an environment like that? How do you learn certain skill sets? Which I'm I'm very excited to try to bring programs into the facility. But one, when when we do that, you'd have to have the staff to make that happen. My staff is is overworked right now. I mean, because we don't have the numbers that we need. So it's a vicious cycle. So when I say I want to move really fast and and clean up that place, that's one. You cannot you cannot have programs and expect people to want to work in a place that is not clean and safe and sanitized. And that's just the bottom line. None of us wants to be placed in that situation like that. So when I when I come to the to 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 the commissioners, I say, listen, I I need the support because Jennifer's correct. The commissioners are responsible for the building and maintenance. So if that is the case, let's get to work. Let's do this and we'll move forward. We could do both. I'm not saying don't build a new jail. All I'm saying is let's be humane and clean and, and keep it this way. It's not hard to do. We could do it. I just need support. Let me ask this. You talk about cleaning and I did see the photographs and the video uh, and it was horrific to see, especially that stuff dripping out of that pipe landed on people's heads. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like that. And no. So whose job is it to clean it? Do you hire? Uh, you probably had to hire a special company to come in there to do that initial stuff, that nasty stuff, because just wearing gloves wouldn't go do it. You had to put a suit on. Well, I, I've been trying to, and I agree, I've been trying to work with the commissioners and and, and finance this to have someone come in clean and paint for us, and then we maintain it. Unfortunately, I can't tell you that has happened yet. All I can say that right now, I'm trying to do the very best that I can for what I have and move forward, but I can't. Man, make- back up, excuse me. It hasn't happened that they haven't agreed to, to do the cleanup? No, not No, no. Because the commissioners we- have not said, go ahead and clean. They have not contracted out to have someone come in to clean and paint. That has not happened as of yet. Now, did, did I bring up the conversation? Yes, I have. But has it happened yet? It has not happened yet. I have not received a clear response that, okay, we will do this. That has not happened yet. Now, now what I've been doing is doing the very little that I can on my own. I have to tell you, and this is embarrassing for me. I have borrowed equipment from another county jail to clean our jail. Uh, people have donated, uh, 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 Cook Medical has donated furniture because the furniture in our jail is so old. Um, 
I personally have gone on, on multiple times to restore to try to find furniture for our employees to be able to do their job properly. You know, so these are the things that I'm doing the best that I can on my own, but I cannot. At the speed that we should be moving, I need the commission on board. And when I'm told the money that we use for this jail, we cannot use for the next one, that's unexcusable. I'm sorry. We could do both. We we could do both. So I don't know why is it is so difficult for me to get the support to do something that's clearly correct, clearly right to do, and not difficult to do. But yet I'm being resisted for whatever for whatever reason. I don't know. All I know is that of today's date, I still don't have a clear response right now. And then our listening audience, I hope they paid attention to one thing you said. If it was your loved ones, or heaven forbid that any one of you got to go in there for a night. You got to think about that. It's just not people that you want to write off or throw away or say they deserve to be there. It, it's any one of us that for any little reason could spend the night there. Do you want to be in those conditions even for five minutes? I, I would assume not. Yeah, I think, Liz, to your point, just the the human capital involved in in all of this, um, and there's just so much going on in the world of of law enforcement and criminal justice in general. Right, we're coming off just trauma, traumatic thing after one traumatic thing, tragedy after tragedy. Um, we know how our community our Black people's relationship with law enforcement, with police. Um, we've heard about the Tyree Nichols incident um, or murder that happened. Um, we have what we just saw is going on in, in Monroe County, Monroe County Jail. And I know um, just from sitting in the Community Justice Reform Committee, committee meetings, and I'll be honest, one of the reasons that I go um, is to support people like Councilwoman Crossley and Sheriff Marte, because um, knowing what they're up against, just even outside of that committee, as folks of color who are doing this work is incredibly, um, is incredibly important. And so sitting in those meetings and thinking about the human, there's so, so much that's at stake. And to Liz's point about, you know, these could be any of our loved ones. Um, I remember sitting in one of the meetings or it may have been a couple you have folks who come in and give public comment right um and these folks range from folks that work in bloomington that are city officials all the way to people who used to be incarcerated um and so i want to know just and we know that the 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 meetings are recorded and you can watch them live and so we do want to encourage folks to be informed citizens and attend the meetings in person and watch them but um councilwoman crossley can you talk a little bit about just um being at the decision making table if you will um and we know that that's probably negotiable uh language that can be negotiated but um <laughs> you're listening <laughs> you're listening mm-hmm. I know you're listening to these public comments and you're listening to folks who have been in these spaces. Like how do, how do you negotiate those things that we've been talking about that thinking about this human capital versus I'm making a decision about how to spend, you know, 
money um, to, to, to make conditions better or what have you, but how do you negotiate? Like you talked a, a little bit about, you know, how does it, being a black woman and those sorts of things. And we know that identities mm-hmm. are very salient in this conversation. We can't talk about criminal mm-hmm. justice reform without talking about how black folks, how impoverished people, how, you know, all these communities are affected. So I'm just mm-hmm. wondering like what goes through your head when you're sitting in these meetings and you're listening to these comments. Um, give us as little or as much as you would like. Um, but I'm just curious from, from where you sit, because you, you sit in a very specific, specific seat. So it has been increasingly difficult over the past several meetings to sit here and listen to the way that folks interact. The makeup also, to back up to the makeup of the committee has changed. So what once was um, two county commissioners now has three county commissioners. We no longer have our health department on there. We also went down from the board of judges representatives. We had four, now we have two. So, and now each department has to have somebody there, whether um, the prosecutor's office used to have um, two people that would sit at the table. Now there really is truly only one person um, from prosecutor and public defender to be a part of this discussion. So that's that's really interesting to folks to listen to uh, and to also understand where that is coming from. Um, a little surprising and a little disappointing because we increased one aspect of county government, but we also, again, didn't have anybody from city. So you ask, <laughs> what goes through my mind when I think there's a lot, and it, we could have probably two shows uh, to talk about the things that go through my mind. But in particular, you know, it's hard to listen to people come in and be very, very emotional. Um, and very passionate sometimes about things that they have experienced. We've had people that have come to the meetings to make public comment that were formerly incarcerated. Uh, and we actually had one person that was, uh, you know, speaking to a judge that was there. She said, hey, you know, that judge sentenced me. And so she gave, you know, her 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 comment and her experience about it. And so what literally goes through my mind is even though this is hard and very difficult, I do feel as though as electeds, we have to listen. We have to be uncomfortable, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, I will tell you case in point was the Sheriff Marte's presentation of what he saw. I've been in that jail last year. I took a tour. I will be the first to say I never saw any of what he showed us. And there were times in that presentation that I thought I was going to get sick, but I made myself sit in my seat and sit really hard and watch, you know, the conditions because this is what he was trying to tell us for a while. Hey, you know, you thought you had a tour, but you didn't really have the tour. So we're sitting there and seeing it. And I'm glad I sat there through the uncomfortableness because there are people that are actually, you know, not only do we have, you know, inmates that are there, but we have people that are working there as well. And that's the most difficult part to go through that. So I have lots of thoughts that go through my head, um, you know, and also I'm very vocal when it comes to some of those thoughts come out my mouth. 
and you know whether we think that you know time is up and we have to you know cease public comment i'm very vocal about hey we we can't do that i don't think it's necessary for us to do that we have to listen to people whether it's the same people that keep coming to us over and over again which we do have repeat people that come in and make the statements i'm glad that they have because some of the ways that I've thought about things have changed because of the public comment that we have had. Um, and it's just it's just interesting <laughs> to see how people move. Um, it's also very interesting to see how other electeds move. And I think it's important for our community to see this is who people are showing you who they are. So everybody needs to pay attention to every single person at that table, whether they are elected, or non-elected, folks are making decisions and folks are saying things that people need to be paying attention to. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for that, Councilwoman. Um, when I was listening, I had uh, heard a comment from from the public, a person that stood up and a, he wants people to address mental health issues and the homeless situation rather than spending money, uh, taxpayer dollars on a new jail. Um, and is it true, this is the second part of this question, is it true that buses come to Bloomington to drop off the homeless? Uh, Sheriff Marte, can you answer those questions about spending money on health, the mental health and homeless, rather than a new jail? And are there buses coming, dropping off homeless people here? If you, if that's true, I can't answer that as hundred percent because I don't know. But I can tell you they're here, and the population has grown. I mean that that's true. Uh, as far as uh, other programs for the mentally ill and or for the homeless, yes, we could do that. But at the same time, th- this jail has has lived this purpose. It, it, it we need a new one. And when I say a new one, I'm not saying a new jail to put more people in there. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is if we are going to do programs, if we are going to help people where they are in, the, in, in, in their needs, we have to have the space and the staff to do it. Right now, we don't. We just don't. It is what it is. So when people say, yes, we should spend more money on all the programs instead of a new jail, okay. But explain to me why we can't do both. We can. We could do both. Um, because it, 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 this didn't happen overnight and it's not going to go away overnight. So we have to work together instead of pointing fingers and move forward. The question was asked, we have 92 counties and yet we go to another state to look at it, mm-hmm. look at a, a jail. Mm-hmm. You know, if we could spend money to do that, <laughs> why can't we spend money to clean and sanitize this jail? That's the part that I am so puzzled that I just can't understand. And the resistance that I'm getting is just, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. Now, we have visited several jails here in Indiana. So we, we know, you know, what we need. And we have people that have experience that's done this before. We can reach out to them. But yet, we keep going back to the same drawing board. I, I just don't understand it. I, I do not. So when, when, when I'm keep hitting, you know, getting this resistance, <clears throat> I want to keep speaking to the public to let them know this is what I'm facing. This is what's going on. And I need everyone's help on this. I, I truly do. Are you getting emails and stuff? Because, you know, 
<laughs> I know that uh, social media emails and stuff, you don't see a face. You got people that uh, are cowards. And so are you getting r- racial undertones regarding your request and, and being angry? Maybe because this is a black man asking for this? I personally don't don't look at it. I have uh, some staff members give me heads up. And and so I I have so much on my plate with the new jails that when people want to point the finger and say certain things that are very negative, Uh no, I I don't have, I I just don't have the energy to deal with that in a sense, because what do you accomplish? Meanwhile, we have serious problems in the jail, people that are suffering and we need to help them. So if people have their opinions and they're going to be behind, like you said, and through yeah. Facebook or the case may be saying negative things. But that being said, I do know for, for a tremendous amount of people uh, are supporting the cause in the sense of doing the right thing for the right reason. Those numbers are higher than the others. They really are. And and that gives me the energy to get up the next morning and, and, and do the very best that I can. Because let me tell you, it's very difficult, very difficult to do something at a speed that I want to do it in. And then be told you're moving too fast, not understanding the, the, the gratification of this. January 31st could have been avoided. I mean, it, it could have been. And I've been saying it from day one, but people, but for whatever reason, think I've been do, I've been in law enforcement for about 32 years for the state police, not including with the others. I think I have a little bit of understanding what I'm facing and the reason why I have certain people around me that have the skill set to say and to and, and, and to un- and understand that. We have to have a better environment if we want people to learn and not come back into the system. We have to have a clean, clean and, and sanitized environment so people are not angry, so they can learn. You can't do these things if we don't clean that place and paint it. The walls of that, that jail are so high that even if I wanted to do it myself, I can't. Not only I don't have the equipment to get up there and paint that high, I don't have the manpower. So when I say I need help and support, that's exactly what I mean. That's what I, I need. Someone told me one time, it's not what you want, it's what you need. Well, I need help. I want help. You know, so so people say certain things and not even work in that environment, don't understand how it works, but yet they have their opinions. And the scary part about that is, you know, you have the opinion, but then they also have certain control of certain assets that I need. Mm-hmm. Quite that simple. Well, you talked about that you need help. You need more deputies. You need this. Give our listening audience the process of if they want to get a job there in the areas where you need help, what do they need to do? And what's the age limit? Well, that's that's I'm not going to say tricky, but, you know, the 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 gentleman that had a someone working for us, he was 18 years old. And um, when I got there, one of the things I wanted to do was provide training for people just like him. They're just, he's just young, you know, to prevent any misunderstanding, how to handle certain things and then how to really reduce any anger that might take place in that environment. Because when you're in an environment that is that dirty, not clean, yes, yes, that's what I'm referring to. So for someone that wants to apply for the search department, they get online and they can fill out the application and, and it starts, the process starts there. But to be frank with you, who wants to come into an environment? Because the ones that are there now, God bless them, it's tough to work in an environment where it's just dirty and not clean and not sanitized. That's tough. 
That really is. And we're asking these people to come in day in, day out and do a good job in those environments. I, I, yes, I want to move fast. I really do. Okay. Thank you and so much. If I, I was going to say, if I can jump in, Liz, you asked the question about like um, the person that made the comment about how wanting to see more uh, things go towards the unhoused, housing, all of that stuff. All of that also plays a part of our criminal justice system. When you have a depletion of um, funds or lack thereof for folks that are experiencing, um, you know, mental illness, we just heard, I think I heard a statistic yesterday because the state actually has Senate Bill 1 that's actually trying to do more to invest um, in folks when they are being detained that are having a mental health um, a crisis moment. And so, you know, when you have the, the resources be depleted from places that offer help, we have people that came to our committee that talked to us from different organizations like New Leaf, New Life, uh, Courage to Change, Sober Living. These folks said that they are willing to help people, but they have three month waiting periods. We know, and I heard a statistic that said 80% of jail makeups across the state of Indiana. Um, the people that are in our jail, county jails have been held or detained for having, a, they have a mental health issue. That already in itself says we are doing a disservice to people and we have to do better. And so we have to do things as we talk about funding for a new facility. The county has ARPA funds um, that was brought, bought on or given to us by the Biden administration throughout various municipalities and counties throughout uh, the country. And we could be doing these things where we are funding these programs to help people a lot more than what they can do. And I dare to say, if we give funding for these programs and organizations, I could only imagine what we could be doing. We also know that in our community, we have a housing shortage. We have a housing crisis. Those that are unhoused, um, some of those have mental health issues. So how do we help these folks? And I think, again, we can do, it's like the old saying, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. I think you can talk about having a facility all the while funding for things that we, such as you know, mental health moments, uh, mobile crisis, like crisis things, you can do all of these things at the same time. We talk about being progressive, and I say that with air quotes, um, in our community. Let's do our progressive values. Let's put our money where our mouth is, and let's start doing these progressive ideals that we keep talking about, because it's no longer good for us to keep saying things that we're not. So let's stop calling ourselves progressive if we're just going to think about just building a new facility and not thinking about ways to change the way that people go into our facilities. Well, thank you. For um, our listening audience, we are talking to Sheriff Marte and Councilwoman Crossley uh, about uh, our jail facilities, the problems we're having with the incarceration, whether or not to build a new jail, which seems like we're in desperate need of. And we're just having that conversation about the Monroe County Jail. Jennifer, what are the, the commissioners that are kind of naysaying about building a new jail or doing anything? What 
of the reasons that some of them are giving is that they're not helping Chef Marte. You know, I think, so the commissioners are very much, very speed into, let's do this new jail. Um, all three of them have very much into making sure that we are on this, the streamline or lane of really building this new facility. Um, but the attention to address the issues that have currently been brought upon us by, you know, Sheriff Marte's administration um, seems to be that this is just the way that I think and listening to the conversations is that maybe there's this fear of, oh, oh, if we put too much money into this facility, our current facility, that might divert funds away from the new facility. And we won't have enough to do that. But it's a shame that we are in this predicament because folks have known for a very long time since this county had a lawsuit brought upon them in 2008 that we needed to move forward with building a, a new facility, that there was a need for us to do that. But also the, the lawsuit was also to talk about um, overcrowding in our facility. And now that we have that under control, um, you know, now it's for us to, the building itself seems to be that is like, it, it's, it's really not in a good condition. Environmentally, logistics wise, it's not the ebb and flow of what was like 40 years ago when it was first made is not structurally where it needs to be now. So the commissioners, I think, are on this timeline of, and we've heard it in our meeting last week, um, they really want to move fast. They really want to move forward with doing this. Um, but while, as it's been said several times during this discussion, as we are talking about moving forward, we cannot, you know, stay ignorant of what we have all been shown. We have all been exposed and we are all now put on notice because of what we've seen. And whether, you know, and I said this in our meeting a couple of weeks ago, we can go home to our families. We can leave, close up our laptops and go about our day. But there are still people that still, there are things that still need to be done, such as the cleanup, the painting, um, all of those things in our current facility that need to be addressed. And as my role on county council, and I'm actually the liaison for, one of the liaisons for the sheriff and the jail um, office and the department, we're trying to facilitate better. So we're really trying to work with Sheriff Marte, um, his administration, along with my other county council member, Cheryl Munson, who is also the co-liaison, we're really trying to make sure that we are giving him the tools that is necessary because we can't stay ignorant and not act like we didn't see what we just saw. We have to address those and we, we got to do it and we have to do it now. So it's a push and it's an urge to make sure that um, the commissioners are really doing what they should be doing. And also, I dare to say, it's on county council too. It's on county council to step up and talk about how we can fund. Because again, we are the financial body of the county. We also could try to appropriate funds to give to him in this emergency setting to do what he needs to do and in order to effectively do his job. Okay. Jennifer, you... Um got at something that that was kind of rolling through my head you mentioned the 2008 lawsuit 
um, mm-hmm. that was that was filed, and I I did not know about that. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, considering what are the legal implications of all of this? Like we're talking about what needs to be done, and I hear both both you and um, Sheriff Marte say that it can be the both and we can update and give people actual living, um, give them facilities that are actually livable. Um, while mm-hmm. also talk about building, building a new jail. Um, so, you know, we're looking at so many different health hazards with the sanitation and the, the quality of air. Um, is this not a point of like, are, are folks not, concerned about lawsuits and more you know class action um suits happening like is that not even a point of com- conversation for the folks that are on the committee particularly the ones who are against this movement yeah well, well it definitely should be um and so i hear so in order we have to be because the way that it has been explained to me and i've asked legal um, several times about this is so what happens if we just stay ignorant and just allow ourselves to just keep remaining to be the way that we are now at this current facility and what has been told to us is if we continue to go down this path if we continue to just keep moving forward not doing anything with you know trying to make progress in our current jail as well as you know trying to make strides for a new facility that the federal government can come in and say okay Monroe County you've had your time you didn't do anything now we're going to do what we need to do and now it's up to us to build a facility by any means necessary um and in Vigo County um that actually happened where they ended up building the federal government did come in and build something that was bigger than what folks had anticipated so i do do feel like we definitely need to figure out what we are wanting to do and what we need to do but at the same time i'm actually surprised um we've not been hit with a lawsuit since a few weeks ago considering for so long we have allowed that facility to just be in shambles and crumbles and nobody do a darn thing about it. And now we have folks that are in there living and, and, and being and working in squalor, literally, um, without, you know, trying to, to fix it. And, you know, you look at previous administrations and go, well, what did you all do? Did you, how did you let it get this bad? How did you, allow yourselves to be so i'm i'm quite frank and i'm not trying to bring on any lawsuits to the county by any means but i'm i'm surprised that we haven't been there now so i'm also surprised at you know the amount of pushback of well whose job is it is it commissioners is it the sheriff's job to you know go back and forth and figure out who's i feel like i'm watching a game of tennis where we're going back and forth trying to figure out who's responsible for what and at some point, we're going to have to do what we got to do, do our business and get up and move forward because we could be hit with like a double. We can be hit with um, a class action lawsuit, for example, of what we have been seeing a few weeks ago, as well as the federal government coming in and saying, y'all can get yourself together. So as a result, we just going to do what we need to do. Thank you. It's been good. So we we have to. We got to get better. We got to get better and we have to do better. 
Well, you know, and, and talking about money, didn't Monroe County, are they paying IU 83000 to do a survey to determine jail re-entry programs at work? So money's being spent. You're going to spend money. So what is the best way to spend money? I just don't understand all this confusion. And I think that's why if, if you go and sit in these meetings one time, you come out with a headache and you thought, I got too much on my plate. I'm not going back. I, I can't deal with that. Because to me, some things are a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer that Sheriff Marte needs to help and these people are living in horrific conditions. It's a no-brainer to get it done. So it, somebody's sitting there with no brains. Is that it? So is that true about the $83,000, Jennifer? Yes. Um, so again, we're spending money. Um, the, I do know that um, in addition to us, this is how I know that we can have the money to do what we need to do. Um, there was a housing encampment that was done on the west side of town behind one of the department stores where folks that were unhoused were setting up shop and had made their camps out there to yeah. live. And the county came in and cleaned it all cleaned up. up. Yeah. And it was a huge price tag for us to um, clean that up. So yeah. if we can do that, we yeah. can definitely give Sheriff Marte his money um, and the tools that is necessary for us to do what he needs to do to run an effective facility and to have the change the culture that I truly believe that he's trying to change and what he's really trying to do. We, we have to do that. It is a no brainer. And I don't know why there is pushback. But, you know, Liz, you mentioned like, you know, people have a lot on their plate and they just want to go home. I feel the same way, but I can't stop. I have to keep. We, we've had these meetings where we only had like two people in the audience. Every time I look up, we have more and more and more people yeah. because we're getting out there. Yeah. So I know we are tired. I feel it every night, um, which our meetings are the first and third Mondays of each month from 430 to six. But we cannot be tired because we have to be. It is not good enough for these electeds to ask for our vote and then turn around in the dark and not do what they promised that they said they were going to do. And I'm not saying that myself as an elected, I am, you know, the the best thing since sliced bread. But one thing that you can not say about me is that I don't speak my mind and I don't speak up because I do. Um, even when it is hard, even when it feels uncomfortable, I have to do these things because when I start speaking up, other people are realizing this doesn't have to be the way that it's going. And it doesn't. And that's why we need to have people to really hold true to this God and principle of transparency that this committee keeps saying that they are part of and really stand firm of we, we, we have to do what we have to do. We can do better because this is taxpayers dollars um, and people deserve government to be transparent and to be honest and to listen to what it is that they're trying to do and to listen to the folks. Absolutely. Uh, That's Sheriff a woman Marte. that we're here talking with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have this and then, and then Gloria, you could take us to the finish line. Uh, Sheriff Marte, um, institutionalized system and trying to change the mindset of the public about incarceration 
and those that are incarcerated. Have you got any suggestions about that? Oh, wow. <clears throat> I, I, <laughs> I, I'm trying, I'm trying to just start with, with the basics here, <laughs> you know, and, and, and yes, there are a lot of people, and, and I'm going to say it this way in, in Bloomington that really in Monroe County that want to help and improve the system that we have right now. But the point that just was made about the 83,000 for a survey going to another state to look at a jail and yet, and yet something so simple and cleaning the one we have now sanitizing and painting is an issue. It doesn't make sense to me. Not a one, you know, if they want to do a survey, I will help. I have no problem with that, but don't, don't sit here and say, okay, let's do the survey and then say we have money for the survey, but we don't have the money to to clean or, or paint or sanitize. That doesn't make sense to me. And or traveling to the state. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, Sheriff Marte, and thank you, Councilwoman Crossley. This is incredibly important and want to uh, reiterate what Councilwoman Crossley said about um, the meetings that happen of the Community Justice Reform Committee. Those are happening every um, first and third Monday from 4.30 to 6 at the courthouse. I believe that's um, 100 West Kirkwood. And you can um, simply Google Community Justice Reform Committee um, and you'll see all of the information there. There's minutes from old meetings. You'll see the CATS recordings. So to all of our listeners, um, we have responsibilities to be informed citizens. And so we encourage you to make sure that you are reading this information. And if you have questions, because believe me, sitting in those meetings, and as, as Councilwoman said, she is not an expert. I am definitely not an expert. But um, listening to Sheriff Marte and, you know, seeing the visuals from the presentation that, that was shared, you don't have to be an expert to see that there is a problem, um, a really big problem that needs to be addressed. So um, I encourage you, we encourage you um, at Bring It On to make sure that you're staying informed of all those things. So Liz. All righty. Thank you, Jennifer. I know she had to leave. So thank you so much for participating in this very important conversation. I wanted our listening audience to know about an upcoming play by Resilience Productions. Resilience Productions are three women who believe in the power of storytelling. Those three women are Dr. Gladys Devane, uh, mainly our writer, Danielle Bruce, our director, dramaturge, and everything else, and myself, Elizabeth Mitchell. I'm the researcher. Our play is called Writing the Wrong. We're going to talk about and do a live performance about Ida B. Wells. Francis Harper, and Lillian Fox. The play is at the Monroe County History Center, Friday and Saturday, March 17th and 18th at six o'clock. March 19th, which is a Sunday, it's at 3 p.m. Monroe County History Center. The tickets will go on sale, I believe, next week at the box office, BCT box office. We encourage our community to come out and support us. I uh, think everybody knows 
about resilience productions. We've been around since 2015. Uh, we think of ourselves as the only game in town strictly for about African-American history. That's what we do. That's our love. And this series is called Remarkable Women Series. So twice a year, we choose remarkable women of different ethnic backgrounds to put on stage to tell little or unknown stories. So we hope to see you. Please come out and see us. Thank you so much. Our thanks to Monroe County Sheriff Ruben Marte and Monroe County Councilwoman Jennifer Crossley for joining us this evening to discuss the recent Monroe County Jail incident involving injuries and the termination of the correctional staff member along with jail needs that Sheriff Marte desperately need. Please back this man up, along with needed improvements to the Monroe County Jail. Bring It On has an open submission policy, so if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. You can send an email to our volunteer staff, and the email address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. Again, the email address is bringiton at wfhb.org. Bring It On's executive producer is Clarence Boone, and our assistant producer is myself, Liz Mitchell, show consultant and WFHB News Department director is Cade Young, program engineer is Chanton LaFontante, original theme music was created by Jamal Ephraim, with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm guest anchor. No, I'm Liz Mitchell, co-host, co-producer. <laughs> and I'm guest co-anchor, Gloria Howell. <laughs> Be sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On right here on your community radio station, WFHB. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.